Hello and welcome to Pure Worship Radio. This is Scott Cunningham and I'll be your host as we highlight and interview various worship leaders and artists who love Jesus and are writing songs that both edify the church and glorify Christ. Our mission is to capture the story behind the songs and the heart behind the music. So thanks for joining us today. And we pray that you're greatly encouraged by our time of letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And this week, we're really excited to catch up with uh, our worship leader and songwriter, Paul Balash. He just finished a brand new uh, album called Your Mercy. And uh, all these songs are co-writes that he just... Um, you know, in, involved a lot of different people f- from their community there and, and people that he knows in the industry and uh, everyone from um, a hard rock background to just uh, young songwriters um, to like All Sons and Daughters and Matt Redman and different guys. So it's going to be really fun to get this um, kind of context and, and hear the stories. I think you're going to be really encouraged by it. And Paul's just been a faithful worship leader over the last uh, 25, 30 years. He was in Texas uh, at his home church there and recently moved to New York and uh, kind of starting a whole new project in a new community. So it's, uh, it's going to be a really fun uh, project to listen to and hear. And so thanks for joining us, and we hope that you're encouraged by our time. And we're going to jump right in with our interview with Paul Balash. And Paul, so great to have you back on the show again today. We just love keeping in touch with you and uh, just hearing all the new things the Lord's doing in your life. So, so thank you for being with us again today. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation, and great to visit with you, and uh, big fan of you and your family and your your church, so it's just fun to, to catch up here. Yeah, for sure. So there's been a lot of new things happening for, for you and your family. You guys have uh, just recently relocated in uh, New York City, Manhattan Island there, to be exact, and um, maybe you can just give us a little update on, on where you're at now and what you're doing, and just kind of this new community that you've been embedded in. Yeah, new community, new uh, new beginnings, kind of a hard reset, you know? Mm-hmm. Got all these windows open on your on your computer and tabs and windows, and you just think, you know, I just need to reboot this whole thing. Yeah. So after 26 years in Lindale, Texas, um, Rita and I moved down there many years ago from the Philadelphia area. Hmm. We're from the Northeast, uh, Jersey, and right across the bridge from Philadelphia. And um, moved to Texas years ago, and, you know, same church, same neighborhood, same friends and community, and just wonderful every every year. Well, you know, wonderful. Everything had its ups and downs, of course, mm-hmm. in life. <laughs> um, but we won't go there. I'm saying, in general, <laughs> amazing, just so grateful for that season of life. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but as uh, last couple years, you know, we'd pass all these empty bedrooms and sit on our back porch and realize, man, I don't think our kids are coming back to Lindale, Texas. You know, mm. our kids sort of went off to university, and, and uh, then two of them were in Manhattan, essentially, and one's outside of Philly, um, married with uh, two little, very little kids. Mm. So we kind of floated the idea to the Lord, you know, that, and if, uh, what do you think? We just started thinking about what if we were to move and just kind of sell this and hand the, the reins of the church, the worship team, over to the next generation while it's in a good place and a healthy spot. And, mm. and gosh, within a month or so, um, someone came along, offered to buy our home, and just the wheels started turning pretty quick. And next thing you know, Reed and I just purged 26 years, man. It was just amazing, all the <laughs> stuff you collect and all the... Yeah. It's crazy. You know, you feel like every bedroom has to be filled with all kinds of stuff. And 
So that was an interesting and difficult and challenging aspect. But, you know, once we got through that, really, no. Now we're in a one-bedroom apartment in, in New York, and uh, it's just a, just a simplification process. Mm. Um, and there we were. You know, I'd been to New York over the years, you know, of Brooklyn Tabernacle or Christ Tabernacle and various uh, different churches there. So there were some acquaintances and some friendships that I was able to, you know, lean into mm-hmm. immediately, um, as well as a church we've been attending uh, where my son was leading sometimes and playing bass called Trinity Grace. And uh, Dave Gunger, David Gunger from The Brilliance, Pretty much, they lead the worship there. Mm. Um, but you know, it'd be fun to every once in a while step in. And I'd play bass or play guitar, but most of the time, just showing up, my wife, and sitting in the fourth row and looking up at the screen and just singing the prayers. And it's been really good after all those years. Pretty much, any time I'm in church, I'm leading. Yeah, it's been really good for me to just walk in and and uh, and be led. Yes, in worship. So we're. It's been about a year and a half now, just building, trying to build new community, and that a lot of that community were a part of the new record. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that in the, the little kind of promo video of the brand new projects, just all those different people that you involved in the project, and, you know, um, just that, that sweet new community that you're, that you're there, and it's, it's really exciting to see. So let's talk about that, the project as a whole. I mean, it's called Your Mercy. Uh, maybe you can give us a little context of uh, where that came from and, and how that was birthed. You know, it wasn't a big, I didn't start off, you know, 10 months ago with, it's going to be called Your Mercy. Where mm. my, my bullseye, or my, my target, each time I get to do a project, is to just collect songs that I feel like are strong enough to, to serve the church, or used to be, you know, serve my local church, but oftentimes in my mind, like, is this a song that would serve the greater church? Mm. I will see. And... You know, you're just kind of co-writing, you're writing, you're just collecting these ideas and songs and trying to finish them, and just along the way, over time, you just feel like, okay, I've kind of narrowed it down to these 12 that I really believe in, yeah. and, um, and just out of those songs, you kind of, oftentimes you'll just look at the titles and, and you just go, your mercy, your mercy, that feels like, that feels like, uh, that's, that's something I'd love to highlight. It felt like a strong title hmm. to highlight the mercy of the Lord. And David said in the Psalms, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. And I feel like as a worship pastor, it's like, amen. I, I relate to that. Like, I will sing of his mercy forever. So yes. uh, your mercy kind of stood out as a, as, a, as a good, strong title. That's great. That's awesome. And we we were talking a little bit earlier about kind of the, uh, just the overall flow of the album. And you were saying how just the variety um, that you find in the the project itself, maybe you could talk about that for a little bit as well. Yeah. um, Just started football season. So I was thinking weeks ago that sort of this analogy of if you're a coach, um, you want, you don't want 11 quarterbacks or Mm. or 11 centers or 11 safeties, you know, you You need one good quarterback. You need a good running back. You need a good defensive end. You need a good safety. You need a middle linebacker. So, you know, you're, you're trying to put together sort of 11, um, well, I guess 22 if you're football. But in a sense, <laughs> so like a producer, you're thinking 11 to 12, good song, um, 
good songs that will serve the church, that will serve the listener, uh, a person that will play this in their home or in their car, or a church band that may try to play a couple of these songs on a Sunday morning. Um, I want to present a variety you know, of songs and styles, uh, aware that as a worship pastor, I need a handful of songs sort of begin a Sunday morning. Like, good morning, let's all stand up together. And so the first song of the album is Psalm 92, which is a, it's a, a lighthearted, up-tempo scripture song from Psalm 92 that, you know, you just kind of need, you need that sort of a song uh, as a worship pastor. You can't have, like, every Sunday, six super intense, you know, on your face <laughs> and on your knees before God, you know. Totally. You know, you need those too, and I'll, I'll get to that, but you, you have to have, you know, Psalm 95 says, come, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Mm. Let's come before Him with thanksgiving. Let's extol Him with music and song. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. And Psalm, 90 says, Psalm 92 says, it's good. Hey, guys, it is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name almost high. Mm. So I, I love how the album just starts off almost like a Sunday morning. Good morning. Let's all stand up together. It is good. <laughs> Praise you, Lord, mm. and make music to your name, O Most High. And um, so, yeah, then that, again, moves into song number two. Um, I don't know, if it, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's sort of the big picture as a worship pastor. I feel like there's yeah. a couple sort of hymn-like. I would, I would classify them as almost modern hymn-like, if you will, and that the verses... There's a song on there called Once for All we can talk about later, but just the, each, each of the three verses is very kind of thought out, very almost hymn-like kind of retelling the gospel. And then, uh, then there's a few sort of get-on-your-face-before-God kind of songs, and then there's at the end almost one sort of Anglican prayer-like hmm. song, if you will, like a, almost like, uh, I don't know what makes me say that, but... Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a lot of guitars, and a, it's not more of a project production. It's very underproduced, and it's more of like a... Uh, it's purposely stripped back to just a piano and voices mm. so that the message doesn't get lost. Yeah. We can, we can talk about that. But the bottom line, the overall concept for me is just to, to try to deliver a project that has a balance of songs that will serve different purposes and different functions. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. I love that variety. Um, it's just the way we, you know, how we function in a, in a normal church service. And it's awesome to see that in, in a project. But let's talk about, we talked about Psalm 92 there for a second. Um, let's talk about that second song on the list, um, Once for All. Once for All from Hebrews ten ten. Mm. Love that passage of scripture. And just that title has been on my heart for for a couple of years in my journal, I just wanted to write a song once for all. Every, yeah. every songwriter out there, you're like, oh, man, of course. <laughs> you know, I always picture the songwriter like you look up at the, at the lyrics, you know, in a Sunday morning and you see the title and you're like, of course, once for all. Yeah. You know? And Hebrews 10.10 says, um, uh, we became holy through the body of our Lord Jesus Christ once for all. Mm. And it's such a great passage of Scripture, and that's like the punchline. You know, it, just got, it talks about the, for years, you know, the Old Covenant, the, the blood of uh, sheep and bulls and goats and this sacrifice and that sacrifice, but it just goes on to say that, but now, in this new covenant, it's, it's all through the blood and through the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, once for all. Yeah. 
So that's the chorus, you know, once for all you died that I might live again. Once for all you washed away our sin. Um, but it's preceded by three verses, and the, the song was co-written with Matt Redman. Wow. And we started this, I don't know, we started it at one point in Atlanta, we spent a couple hours, and then Winston-Salem, we worked on it, and then we probably exchanged 50 emails back and forth, just really trying to hone the verses so that the verses from the very beginning to the end would retell the gospel. Yeah. Uh, that's such a challenge. Like, can we tell the gospel again in a fresh way, using some metaphors and uh, maybe perhaps some fresh metaphors? That's, yeah. that's the, always the hope, because I think that's part of our job as writing songs for the church, is to sing the gospel over and over again in ways that that inspire us, inspire the listener, or inspire the worshiper. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, I never, th- you know, yeah, that's a fresh way of looking at it. So, without, I won't, you know, get too far into it. I mean, that's the essence, and that's the background, but, you know, the, the beginning is almost like a, a movie trailer, where it's, the first line says, Behold this king so innocent, a crown of thorns upon his head, and feel his heart, his heart of grace. Behold this man of suffering, Hmm. who bore the cross in all our shame and breathe again this mystery nailed to a cross there in our place O Lamb of God you made a way once for all you died that I might live again once for all you washed away our sin Um, beautiful so it's almost again movie like if you will it's like and and feel his heart and and breathe again this mystery you know it's just like as you're singing the song it's just these gentle exhortations to like hey guys time out take a moment breathe again this mystery come on let's do this together that's what the song is exhorting others to do so maybe i should just let the song speak for itself awesome so good let's take the next song on the list um found in you so found in you is um the hook is from philippians chapter three where paul says man I'm paraphrasing, but in light of all these things I've done and accomplishments and this and that, he says, I can't consider it all dung, or I consider it all rubbish, I consider it all lost, depending on your translation, compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ, that I may be found in him. Mm. Such a powerful place in Scripture, and I just love, again, that hook. As a songwriter, like, found in him. What about found in you. Let's personalize it. Lord, all I want and all I need is found in you. It's found mm. in you. And so that becomes oftentimes the, the hook that you start with. And then you work backwards and think, okay, how do we precede this? What, what, what do we want to say? So I felt like the song, uh, I felt it as a, one of those gathering songs. Let's all stand together. Good morning. Let's stand and let's sing these together. And so the first verse Again, is is putting prayers, trying to put a fresh prayer on the lips of a congregation. It says, um, mm. um, "Reaching out to welcome you, God, in this place again with your song, like flood our thoughts with wonder and awe, mm. and give us a greater glimpse of a never changing God." But those are those are like the first few thoughts that I often pray in my head when I'm either in a congregation being led in worship, or if I'm about to lead. That prayer is like, Lord. God, um, you know, I'm reaching out. Um, uh, fill this place again with your song, and then this mm. prayer, flood my thoughts with wonder and awe. That's just a, a prayer that, you know, as a guy that's been leading worship for so many years, I just say, God, please help me. Help me, 
help me help this to not be another like over familiar exercise or just a routine or just a you know a spiritual jukebox where I just mm. punch, you know G seven whatever. But <laughs> Lord, flood my thoughts with wonder and awe. That's a you know similar to open the eyes of my heart. It's yeah. one of those prayers that I still will pray. God, I I really do want to be kind of I I just cry out for something other than you know something more than I've prepared this service. So anyway, mm. that's, that's, that's the heart behind that. And then the, the payoff is just a cry out to the Lord. All I want, all I need is found in you. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of directing this to a lot of worship leaders or songwriters, I yeah. guess. But, you know, it's also, I think, for just, um, you know, a mom out there, a homeschool mom or a, a business person or, you know, just whatever you're your your places in the body when you show up on a Sunday morning and you're being led in worship whatever your church expression is that's a prayer you could pray and say Lord fill my thoughts even right now if you're listening just pray God fill my mind with wonder and awe mm. don't don't let me uh, just raise my expectation level again Lord don't allow me to just um, grow weary or, or lower my expectation but and just the opposite give me a greater glimpse Beautiful. I love that, man. It's such a great prayer and a wonderful uh, thing to remember as we come together as the church to pray that in and ask the Lord for that. So good. I love the flow of the album. It's been, it's really, really fun to kind of hear your thought uh, process behind that and, and the way that you're processing the, the different types of songs and, and the heart behind it. It's very cool. Well, let's, uh, let's take it, the next song on the list, uh, I Will Worship You. Yeah, I Will Worship You is um, a song co-written with a guy named Aaron Gillespie, who is a drummer for Christian hard rock, I'm talking screamo rock, <laughs> called The Almost. Yeah. Uh, some of the listeners may be familiar with them. Uh, the funny thing is, when I first met him, I didn't know that. Um, and we just met and barely knew each other, and we spent a day hanging out and sharing some song ideas and... Uh, Man, what a! I was just so inspired by his, you know, late twenties, young, just heart for God, his passion, and I looked up a few of his YouTube videos and was like, "Holy cow, <laughs> this guy's like, wow, <laughs> such intensity, man!" And I just, you know, but I loved the, the fact that it was like, here we are, like a whole generation separates us, and yet we found such a kindred, we had such a kindred spirit, and um, things. We wrote two songs that day. And one of them was, I Will Worship You. And uh, it's a fairly simple song, but the idea behind it is just, um, you know, when I'm losing, when I'm broken, when I'm sinking like a stone and it feels like I'm alone, I will worship you. Mm. And when I'm so scared, life seems unfair. And when I'm tired and lose my way, and I'm feeling so ashamed, I will worship you. And the, and the, the prayer behind that, as we were talking, is, you know, we're so quick to, when we are going through times of loneliness or uh, these desert times in our in our spiritual life, you know, the temptation is to turn to other things, uh, counterfeits, uh, uh, you know, name your addiction, if you will. I mean, the enemy's always there, with, like, just saying, you, you pick your addiction, go ahead, you know, or whatever habit, addictions, to just kind of lose yourself in. And just, the song was just a way to say, look, 
when I'm scared, when it doesn't seem unfair, when I'm mad, when I'm, you know, resentful, it's like, I will worship you. Like, just mm. keep going back to God. And that's what David did. And in his despair, God just would, uh, David would say, Lord, when, I'm, when my heart is overwhelmed, God, lead me to the rock. Mm. Lead me to the rock. So um, the chorus says, you are the anchor to my soul. Draw me to you and don't let go. Only your love can make me whole. Jesus, I worship you. Mm. And then the second verse, the, the, the irony is, well, then it says, when I'm dancing, when, when life seems hopeful, when I'm feeling mercy's hand and I'm living life again, I will worship you. Because, again, the, the irony is when we're blessed by the Lord, when things are going great and we're prospering, you know, either uh, psychologically, spiritually, financially, like the temptation is just kind of like, I got it. I'm good. I'm, I'm here, God. And we just kind of get caught up in all the blessings and the stuff of life, which yeah. I get it. But again, it's saying, man, no, I will worship you even when it's when I'm on a mountaintop or I'm in a valley. So that's the idea behind the song. And I feel like the energy, um, I almost wimped out the second verse. I like, when chains are broken, <laughs> when he is coming, <laughs> I'm like, man, I just... I almost whipped out, and my band guys were like, no, no, you can do this, Paul. Come on, man. Because I thought, oh, man, I can hear Aaron singing this because he's so cool, and he's such a screamo. <laughs> and I almost chickened out, but I, I, I really felt it, man. I really felt it in yeah. the studio as we were just kind of like live in the studio, and I, I just pondered the lyric, and I feel like the Lord just gave me the, gave me the emotion and gave me the... I didn't feel like a poser. I felt like, man, this is yeah. coming from my soul. Yeah. Lord, ah! <laughs> you know, so yeah. anyway, I hope... I was listening to that this that morning. Out. Yeah, I was listening to that song this morning, and that, that specific part um, came in, and I was like, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I love that. So Bono yeah. right there. <laughs> so that's one of those, surprisingly, you just never know, but I've yeah. probably got more feedback from... I'm always... It's always interesting when a project's come out, and after a few weeks, sort of the, the Feedback Worship Leader magazine sort of highlighted that particular song wow. out of all of them. Like it just some, somehow really spoke to them, and they kind of featured that. Mm. So you never know. Yeah, that's wonderful. But my main point, I just summarized that I hope all these songs, I'm all, my prayer is always, I, I pray this, that this gives a vocabulary and a voice to someone out there mm-hmm. listening to the song or singing along to it, that, that as they sing this prayer, that it, it's like a catalyst in their heart. Something happens, something of spirit, something God, the Holy Spirit comes and uses that melody, combination of melody and lyric, and then just something happens that is beyond just melody and lyric and music, but it's yeah. a spirit moment, a God moment. Mm. Love that. It's beautiful. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Paul Balash here on Pure Worship Radio. We're talking about his brand new um, worship project that just came out called Your Mercy and getting a chance to hear the, the kind of the song stories and really the heart behind uh, the project. So it's so fun to, to reconnect with you, Paul, and, and just kind of hear these um, the, the context for them and the heart behind them. It's very, very encouraging and, and really fun. Uh, so thank you for being with us again. And um, let's talk about the next song on the list. It's really the title track of, of the project. It's called Your Mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for... This is actually cathartic and almost uh, spiritually helping me to sort of, you know, you're, you're putting me on the spot and saying, well, talk about this song. And as I go through it, it's like I'm, I'm preaching to myself. I'm, 
totally. stuff. Like, yeah, I believe, in what, I believe in that prayer, because all of these feel like prayers to me, prayers yeah. set to music. And your mercy is almost, a, um, I would describe it as like a testimony worship song, in that, you know, the very few, first few lines are like, I once was lost, uh, I, tur- I walked away, the road was dark, I could not see, my hope was gone, the pain was real, but your mercy. Mm. Uh, you saw my steps, you felt my fears, you heard my cries, you caught my tears, arms open wide, you ran to me with your mercy. Mm. So, you know, that's the picture of, obviously, the prodigal son, the father running to the prodigal son. All of us have probably had a season or a time in our life where... In some way, shape, or form, to some extent, we found ourselves drifting from God or very far away from God. And maybe we, hopefully, every listener has had a chance to experience the goodness of God, the mercy of God, where He ran to us. All it took, as soon as we just turned our heart, even slightly toward Him, you know, He was there to Mm. experience His forgiveness, His salvation, His healing, His deliverance in many cases. So then my response in the song, Your mercy, your mercy, I stand before my king and bow my heart to sing. You saved me. You raised me. No greater love than this. Um, You died so that I could live. No greater love than this. Your mercy. Mm. And uh, so the song just goes on, again, to acknowledge the sort of uh, being lost without him and losing my way and and falling short and yet celebrating... uh, his mercy, and then the bridge is just a repetition. In Romans 1, it says, the loving kindness of God leads us to repentance. Yes. So just the repetition of that, your loving kindness leads me to repentance. And then we turn that toward into a prayer, Lord, let your kindness lead us to repentance. Yes. Beautiful. And, uh, yep, yep, yep. I believe in that song. So much scripture just packed full in that. And I love that picture of um, when you said, when you ran to me. There's this old song years and years ago. I think Benny Hester wrote it. He said, Mm -hmm. it's like when God ran. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Never forgot that. But I I love that that picture when you ran to me. And uh, it's beautiful. You ran to me. That's what my head to his chest yeah, and said, it. my son's come home again. Yes. Looked in his eyes, something like that. Oh, man, I got goosebumps. Just, I remember that, too, when God ran. That was sort of the last line of the chorus, when yeah. God ran. Yep. Yeah, such a beautiful picture of God coming after us. And it's that picture of that Christ it completes really what he's begun. You know, he began it in us. And mm-hmm. even moments when we drift away or find ourselves uh, in seasons of doubt or discouragement, that he's, he's promised to complete what he's begun. And I, I love that. It's a beautiful thing. Awesome. Well, let's take the next, uh, the next song on our list. And I believe it's uh, Peace on Earth. Well, yeah, we fast forward to the end, and what's, you know, there are some songs in between that I, I, I really love as people make their way through the project. Yeah. Hopefully, there's um, one song called, uh, well, To the Cross I Come, mm-hmm. right, with uh, All Sons and Daughters. Yeah. And they sing on that, pro- that song, and that was really, really fun. And then there's a song that your daughter sang. She sang Madison Cunningham. Let's go ahead and say this. The interviewer, uh, Scott Cunningham, uh, his daughter, Madison Cunningham, 
graciously sang on two songs, and mm. one was called um, We Come to You Now, The Best We Know How, We Come to You, Jesus, is the title of the song. Okay. But the prayer in the song, it started with this idea, again, m- many of you are perhaps on a worship team, or if you're not even, you can relate to this idea of just coming to the Lord, coming into a time of worship with a surrendered heart, mm-hmm. and just saying, Lord, I come to you now. The best we know how, we come to you, Jesus. We come to you, Jesus. Mm. And um, this idea of, you know, we're, the best we, this, Lord, we're coming to you, like, this best we know how, according to your word, with a grateful heart. Like, Lord, just please see our hearts. See, please see our need. Please see this, this desire in our hearts as we do our best to, to turn our hearts to you in this moment. And we come to you now, mm. the best we know how. And I feel like Madison just added so much of a, like, worship, worship icing, worship Mm. icing on the cake, (laughs) well, this cake offering to the Lord. (laughs) Um, But let's fast forward to the last song on the album, you're right, Peace on Earth, and it's not a Christmas song, although it it sounds like it has a Christmas title, but but it was co-written with Michael Rosbach, and we really just were affected a few months ago by how could you not be affected if you're on social media at all or if you watch any of the news, just all the things that have happened in the U.S. and around the world in the last year or two and um, just in our country and around the world, just hard things, man, just yeah. hard things. And on social media, it gets even more toxic, you know, uh, the, the people who take sides, you know, I'm on this side or I'm on this side, and it just gets really toxic and it was just an attempt to lift up a simple prayer to, to the Lord and say, God, we come before you with hardships and fears. We lay down our burdens. Lord, draw us near. Blind mm-hmm. to injustice, we've turned our eyes. Lord, heal our brokenness. Raise us to life. Mm-hmm. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Lord, hear our cry. Your peace on earth. And just that repetition, it just goes on to acknowledge a lot of the sort of... Um, current events, and yet to acknowledge it in the context of prayer, not just uh, ranting on social media, but to bring it to God, bring these things to God, and in humility and in intercession, bring it before God, and then, again, there's three verses, and then each chorus is very simple, and we resisted, we didn't even put a cello on it, we didn't even put, we just piano (laughs) and vocal, because we didn't want anything getting in the way of the simplicity of this prayer, this yeah. humble prayer to God, and just uh, Madison just came to mind just in terms of maybe we could get Madison to just sing this with me. Mm. So, and I love, again, the, the generational uh, difference, you know, Madison just turning 20 years old, you yeah. know, but she was a teenager at the time, and here I am, uh, a dad of three grown kids, you know, but just my heart is to connect the generations, too. Yes. We, we need one another. We... Uh, I really glean and am challenged and inspired by the next generation and also hope that I have something to to pass on, mm-hmm. something of wisdom and, and having made many mistakes to sort of pass that on to the next generation. So anyway, I love that what that represents too, yeah. at least in my mind. You're listening to Paul Blosh here on Pure Worship Radio, and we're talking about his brand new project, Your Mercy, and just going through song by song, just hearing some of the different uh, song stories and the, the heart behind it. And uh, Paul, so fun to, to hear that and just your heart for 
every generation, um, young and old, and it, you, you involve them in your projects. It was cool to see. You have a little YouTube uh, kind of um, just a promo of, of your, your project and talking about how it began and how you're recording it and just seeing all those different people involved um, in it. And it's just so, so sweet. It's so encouraging. You've always been a real champion of the next generation. You're always taking young guys and bringing along with you and um, actually, the next song we're going to talk about on the list is that uh, uh, To the Cross I Come. And maybe you can talk about that a little bit too. Jennifer Holm is on the on that song with you, and she's um, in All Sons and Daughters. Uh, she's a part of your congregation back in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, talk yeah. about that for just a little bit and, and just in the context of next generation of guys coming up and enc- encouraging them, involving them. Um, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not some giant plan, but it just has turned out that way. Almost every song on the record is, is um, it is. It's, it's co-written with people often what I would consider next generation, mm. sons and daughters, to uh, uh, Aaron Schust. I mean, he's, mm. what, early 30s? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, some are younger than others, but, um, yeah, let's see. Uh, to the Cross I Come written with uh, David and Leslie from All Sons and Daughters. And then when it came time to sing that song, uh, there's a gal who grew up in our church. Her dad was our drummer for 20-some years, at, uh, our next-door neighbor and our church drummer and our local high school band directors. Wow. All of my kids were trained uh, by him. You know, my, two of my daughters played clarinet. My son David played French horn, which he actually plays on this album, actually, on Once for All. Wow. It's a French horn and a trumpet part. That's awesome. Now that I think of it. But the point is, it's just um, Jennifer grew up in our church, and Rita you know, was a real inspiration to her. She was always one of our singers, and Rita taught her open tuning on the guitar. And Man, by the time she was 15, 16, she was just writing crazy songs and singing amazing, almost like Madison to me, that kind of a... Yeah. Just a very talented girl who picked up guitar really quick and the open tuning thing and, and songwriting. So... I just, again, it's it's interesting between you and I. Like a record company, understandably, was like, "Hey, what about getting Natalie Grant on this song? Or what about Amanda Or What about uh, Carrie Job?" And and it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, in terms of those are great. Every one of those people are awesome people, and they're well known. And the record company would be like, uh, "Well, this would make sense if you're promoting your record." But my point is, I think as the years have gone by, Rita and I just always just have our radar up, and when we come across some young person that really makes an impression on us, spiritually, musically, we're like, man, is there a way we can involve them and open the open the door and say, would you be a part of this with mm. us? Would you lend your voice, lend your heart, lend your spirit. And uh, so, uh, Jennifer Davis, it's fun that, that we've known her since she was, you know, a little kid, and now she's married. She married, uh, actually, uh, a singer... Dallas Holm. Mm. Dallas Holm used to be like Stephen Curtis Chapman 25 years ago. Yes. You know, the Michael W. Smith of 25 years ago. He, uh, Dallas Holm used to travel the world uh, writing and singing Christian music back in their 80s. But anyway, his son married Jennifer. Mm. Her name is now Jennifer Holm. And, uh, but yeah, whether it's Jennifer, whether it's Madison, whether it's uh, Meredith Andrews, uh, she, we co-wrote a song on this, and she sings with me on a song called More Than I Deserve. Mm. So, again, I love the community aspect. I love it. I just think we all, 
need to work hard at just trying to, you know, cultivate community as best as we can. We can't force it, but we can pay attention to uh, acquaintances and friends or people we respect and maybe go ahead and reach out with a phone call, reach out with an, uh, with an email and say, hey, would you be interested or would you be open to maybe, um, you know, work on a song with me or would you be open to singing on this? And so even the actual uh, recording, as people can see on the video, as, as you mentioned, maybe we can put that on the website, yeah. K-Wave website, but the little trailer. But, you know, worship pastors from Brooklyn Tab and from Christ Tabernacle, you know, from Queens to Brooklyn to... Uh, it's quite a diverse group of people that just even joined me in the studio and just we tried to have an honest time of like live in the studio kind of experience. Yeah. And um, I mean, New York City is kind of just every nation, tribe, and tongue, literally, in New York City. Yeah. In miniature form. Melting pot. Every. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's pretty cool. I love the diversity. You're listening to Paul Balash here on Pure Worship Radio. We're talking about his brand new project and these beautiful songs and song stories. And uh, Paul, you mentioned a few times about just collaboration and songwriting. Um, let's talk for a minute just about that process for you. And, and every, you said every song on this project was, was a co-write. Um, you're involving, you know, all the different generations and kind of different contexts, uh, different people serving in different contexts. Talk about um, why you do that, your heart for that, and uh, kind of the fruit of that. I think why is after years and years of, I mean, I don't mind back in the day when I was by myself in my local church and trying to write songs for our church. That's how I sort of got started. I didn't even know, I didn't have the faith to believe I'd ever even do a CD. And then when I did my first CD and then I got to do another CD and a lot of those early songs, Open the Eyes of My Heart, etc., were just kind of simple prayer songs that our church sang that I had a chance to record and um but that opened up doors uh to to meet some other worship leaders and songwriters and as i would travel more often and be part of conferences etc yeah so as i would make friends i i'd have a song idea that i really believed in and i'd maybe get it to a certain point and think man it'd be good to uh be interesting to bring this to so and so next week when i'm going to see them and and so above all for example you know, I sang above all in our church with a different chorus, but I always felt like the chorus wasn't... I knew that there was a better chorus. So mm. when I met with Lenny LeBlanc for a couple of days, you know, that was one of the ideas I threw out the verse, and then uh, we ended up finishing that chorus together, and that, you know, he just added... He went in a direction that I wouldn't have gone. So yeah. again, I was like, wow, I love that. I love that dynamic. Or, you know, today's the day. I just have this, you know prayerful idea, casting my cares aside, put my doubts behind, setting my heart and, heart and mind on you, Jesus, you know, and, and then kind of, uh, I'm with Lincoln Brewster, we're throwing ideas back and forth, it's like, hey, what about something like this, and you throw it out, and then he throws out some ideas back and forth, and before you know it, it's like, hey, this, this feels like a good song on a Sunday morning, let's stand together, today is the day you have made, I will rejoice and be so all that to say, yeah. my experience in co-writing is that the very worst that can happen is you've spent a couple hours with an acquaintance or a friend talking about the Lord, looking through Scripture, looking, reading you know, some ideas in your journals, and just you know, spiritually encouraging one another as you're trying to find 
maybe craft an idea that others could sing. Yeah. And the worst that can happen is you walk away without anything that you really love, but at least you, man, it wasn't, it wasn't a waste of time, you know? You at least spent, it was a great spiritual exercise, if nothing else. Totally. And oftentimes, unexpected fruit that comes from it is a song idea that's 90% there, you know? You're, um, like on the new album, the song Once For All I had mentioned, just writing that with Matt Redman, um, we knew that the concept was there, the, the verses were almost there, but it was just going to be a matter of, let's, let's live with this, let's, Let's let some time pass and let it mm. marinate a little bit in our spirit. And over the next month, let's email back and forth like, hey, what about this word instead? Or what about in the pre-course if we just change this line? And, and that is a fun dynamic. It's really fun just simply for the, the challenge and the joy of trying to create a song that, poss- that may possibly serve the church, that, that may possibly serve as a prayer for someone sitting in a pew in Malaysia, yeah. or in Southern California, or in England, yeah. you know, where they someone comes in after a hard week, they look up at the screen, they read those first few lines, and something happens in their heart, and you've 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 given them a few words, or you've expanded their vocabulary, perhaps, in expressing their heart to yeah. God, and that's it's beautiful. That's such a reward. Yeah. Yeah, it always amazes me at how a song can travel around the world, and uh, especially now in the days of just the, the technology that we have. I remember being in Nepal probably like four years ago, and we were just with a bunch of you know young people, did a little conference there. I think there was like two or 300 uh, young people coming out to it, and they're singing Open the Eyes of My Heart in Nepalese, you know? And it's just, it's one of those things where you're just like, how, that's amazing, you know? It just traveled around the world, and here's context, these young people singing a song that um, maybe they heard on YouTube or whatever when they translated it and they're just mm-hmm. worshiping Jesus in, in a whole other context. It's very, right. very special. You can never make that happen. That's what's, so yeah. all, we, all we can control is the process that I just tried to describe. So if there yes. are any songwriters out there, you know, that's the part that you can control. Yeah. You know, you, we have no control. Once you release it, almost like raising your children, you know, you do your best to, to raise a good child, but by the time they reach 20 years old, you know, you're like, well, you're an adult. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Like, <laughs> so some of these songs that have, uh, you know, you almost feel a little bit removed, you know, you just go, I remember you. I remember when you were born. Oh, wow. Look at you. You've done all right for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, uh, and one of the yeah, little songwriting secret, or co-writing secret, or a good word to use is maybe. If you're co-writing with others, and you hit that awkward spot where they throw out an idea, and maybe you're not instantly crazy about it, instead yeah. of going, man, I just hate that idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, may I suggest the word maybe. Mm-hmm. So as you're co-writing, no matter what your co-writer throws out, you can say, uh, maybe, let's write it down. Yeah, cool, maybe, sure. Yeah. Or we could also say, blah, 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 let's write that down. So you just, I write it all down to keep the creative juices flowing instead of, uh, you know, trying to uh, bring the room down by like, nah. Totally. <laughs> That's a stupid idea. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a mutual respect that you have for each other. You know, you value each other's input, but that's kind of where I would imagine songwriting um, 
you're, you're choosing guys that you know you, you know you respect them they respect you and and uh, you value each other in that way and and uh that's a, yeah that's that's a great word though just being being kind <laughs> encouraging in that in that process of creativity because I, I think it can when you when you bring out the critic too easy or too quickly you know it's it's uh you can kill it, squash it pretty quick. Really can. Yeah. So, and when I say to use the word maybe, it's not. I don't mean it as a uh, in a patronizing way. Like I'm not saying it as like, uh, yeah, um, maybe, <laughs> like, probably not. I just mean literally. Just I, you never know. There were so many times where initially I was like, it just didn't hit me. And I was like, well, you know, maybe. Let's go ahead and write that down. It's yeah. In my head, I'm thinking I don't really like that, but. Instead of saying that, it's like, yeah, maybe, let's, let's, that's an option, yeah, let's, or, or, so then oftentimes, a week or two later, as I take that idea out and mess around with it and play through it, I think, man, that's really grown on me, actually, mm. kind of, I actually like that, I get, I like what that's saying, I didn't, it didn't hit me at first, so, yeah. and maybe the other half of the time, I think, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't think that was going to make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. yeah, that's a good word. Yeah. Very good. So, if someone wants to get a hold of the the project, uh, your mercy, uh, where, where would you point them? Point them to you know iTunes if that's your thing. Ideally, yeah. uh, if you're of the generation where you still purchase music, <laughs> in that generation where it was fun to either go to a Christian bookstore and buy a physical CD, that's fun because you get to open that up and you get to look at the, the credits and you see who played on what song and. Who the special guests were and who wrote what—that's those are that was a fun experience back in the day, and you just can't get that on Spotify. Yeah. So, so I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but <laughs> if you want the project, you know, consider a, a physical copy mm. in the store, or you could go to leadworship.com, my website, leadworship.com. We'll mm. mail you one. Um, or you can go to iTunes and get a digital download, and you you get you also get the uh, the digital album cover, if you will, mm. and Amazon Music, and so uh, my last resort would be, I guess, guess you could stream it on Pandora. <laughs> I suppose I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, hey, um, before we let you go, we want to do this little segment called Five and Five. It's five questions in five minutes. So just a real okay. quick, quick okay. Uh, uh, answers to this one, but. Um, sure. Uh, who or what has influenced you the most as a songwriter? I have to say, I mean, this is off gut level. I would have to say Paul McCartney slash Beatles. Okay. Yeah, from five, six years old, I have pictures. We'd, we'd put on tennis rackets in my parents' basement, and then we'd put Beatle, a Beatle album on and just do the whole side and, like, <laughs> do the whole bow between each song and everything. So, I mean, back then, the Beatles... McCartney especially put a love for music in my soul. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, next one. Um, so what hobbies would you enjoy in your spare time outside of just music? Uh, growing up, um, I always tried to do something athletic. was always in Pop Warner football, Little mm. League baseball, all that. And so in the last 25 years as we're raising our kids, I would say my main hobby <laughs> was being like my my kids' athletic director, if that makes sense. Yeah. My kids were my hobby because uh, you're raising kids. You don't have time. I don't know. It's tough between work and all that. It's, so I just made sure that whatever my hobbies were, it was typically like um, playing tennis with my kids, uh, mm. taking, going to the lake and swimming with 
my kids or kicking a soccer ball around and taking them and being involved. And so now that they're all adults, I still try to, like, hit the gym or even uh, when we go on vacation, my grown son will always take a couple baseball mitts and a baseball and have a catch for, like, a good hour mm. and, or a football and just, you know, just a couple of us with my girls and my son or any cousins. It's like, all right, you know, three against three and run plays. All right, you run down 10 yards, make a left, I'll pass it to you. So just that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Okay, so a very deep, uh, important question here. Uh, so are you are you a third wave coffee guy, second wave, or like first wave, or are you just like tea? I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I, I really don't. So, third, so first wave would be like Folgers, uh, second wave would be like Starbucks, third wave would be like Portola or like the high-end Intelligentsia. Coffee, where uh, you can. Between, I'm a 2.5, I guess. <laughs> um, kind of maybe our, our. Sometimes our, my wife and I will, you know, our standard might be a Starbucks Verona okay. blend, but oftentimes I like the Costa Rica Costa Rica because it's super high grown, really high, one of the high altitude type mm. coffees, and there's something kind of unique about that. You can look it up. But, wow, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, there's, that's pretty. It's pretty impressive. It's grown high. That you, just that you knew that information. So yeah, you're, you're up there Costa at the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you taste? Yeah. Are you tasting notes? Are you tasting like certain things in it, or is it just more? You know, it's grown uh, yeah, high. Yeah, look it up. It's interesting. There's something about for one. There's a lot of less less uh, fungus and bacteria and stuff like that because all coffee kind of has. Uh, you can't help it. Just coffee just has a lot of uh, mold. Okay. That's the word really. So you know our bodies <laughs> adjust to it. Yeah. But you. Um, it's not like black mold, you know, but, right. uh, Costa Rica coffee, there, it doesn't, it's, it's grown at a higher elevation, so it doesn't have as much mold or it's mold free. <laughs> 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 so oftentimes I'll do a blend. Maybe I'll put a little Verona because of it's like roasty notes, but then the Costa Rica sort of lightens it up a little bit because Starbucks can be very, uh, uh, can burnt. So, yeah. <laughs> Man, that is impressive right there. That's that's good. That's good. You've spent some time thinking about that. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite piece of gear? You're stranded on a desert island and you just uh you just you have one piece of gear, assuming there's like one ten and you have your guitar with you. What would you take? <laughs> well, I was gonna say my guitar would be the first piece of gear. Sure. So um bottom line, yeah. So an acoustic or an electric, I'd probably lean on the side of having one really good acoustic. Hmm. But, you know, a piece of gear, I don't even know if I would need a tuner at that point. Um, but <laughs> I would say, you know, usually my first instinct is a good tuner. Hmm. Um, you know, I've got a good Fender Deluxe amp from 1969 back home that I've had for many years. Um, that's for the gearheads out there. Yes. Um, when I do play electric, yes, I have a, a Strat and a Tele and a, and a Casino, an Epiphone Casino. Hmm. That's all. That's it. No more. I'm, That's all you I'm need. trying to sell some guitars, actually. I, need, I have too many guitars. <laughs> it's all in the fingers for you. It's right there, yeah. It's on the gear. Um, awesome. Okay, so you, you can only eat the same thing for three years. What would you choose? <laughs> mm, part of me wants to say a New York City Joe's Pizza where I took you and your worship team. Yes. Um, yes. You're very familiar with that. However... When you say three years, because there's something amazing, but if I ate pizza for three years, I would just be massive. Even on a desert island, I'd probably gain 300 pounds. So 
I would say the best thing to eat for three years on a desert island would be a filet mignon medium rare mm. every single night. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good choice right there. <laughs> um, somebody said avocados because it just has everything you need for the rest of your, you know, mm. your days. But, um, but mm-hmm. I think a filet mignon definitely trumps an avocado, I, I would Imagine say. That. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to Paul Balash here on Pure Worship Radio. We're talking about his brand new project, Your Mercy, and uh, the songs and song stories. And so fun, Paul, to have you on the program. And just want to thank you once again for taking your time and, and investing it in, in this and uh, hearing uh, all the good things the Lord's doing in this new season, new community in New York City. And I uh, really appreciate you and your ministry, Paul. Thank you, Scott. Thank you very much. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for being such a good listener as I rambled on, but I, I appreciate your friendship outside of this interview and appreciate your ministry and your family and the fruit on your tree, if you will. Um, um, really respect all that God's doing there at Costa Mesa, Calvary Chapel, and all the other Calvary chapels and ministries that are impacted by this radio station and this program. And, um, thank you for what you do in the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Paul. And this uh, coming November, November the 14th to the 17th, you're going to be with us at the Calvary Chapel Worship Leaders Conference. You're going to be leading worship and actually teaching a main session that Tuesday morning and, and some workshops. I'm really excited to have uh, you a part of that as well. And if you're listening and you, you, uh, you're a worship leader, you're part of the, the worship team, or you're part of the production team, we just love to have you. If you want to find more information, you can um, find it out, uh, details and, and all that at ccwlc.org. That's ccwlc.org. And look forward to seeing you there. And Paul, once again, thank you. We love you, grateful for you, and looking forward to our next time to reconnect. Mm-hmm. Thank you. God Thanks, bless. God. And that was my interview with Paul Balash uh, here on Pure Worship Radio. It's so fun just catching up uh, with him and hearing uh, all the new things that uh, the Lord is doing in his life. And I think that's one of the significant things in my mind about Paul is he just keeps pressing forward. It's like, you know, he's, he has a, an amazing uh, just history of, of writing and, and leading and traveling and ministering. Uh, leadworship.com is his website where uh, he has a bunch of training videos and um, he does a bunch of conferences where he travels and, and pours into the next generation. But to see Paul still um, pressing on, as Paul, uh, as Paul the apostle would say, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I, you see that in, in Paul's life, um, uh, even in, in this season, he's in New York and with his family and kind of uh, in a new community, going to a new church and involving uh, different leaders and songwriters. So I hope you were uh, encouraged by that interview. And if you want to get this um, interview, if you missed it and you want to you want to review it or listen through it again, you can find it at Calvary uh, CalvaryCreative.org, and you're going to find a podcast link on there for uh, this show. Also, um, again, want to mention the the Worship Leaders Conference coming up in November. If you are uh, involved in worship ministry, have a heart for it, um, you're in the production team or whatever, we just want to offer you know a, just a few days to get away and to come aside. And you know, Jesus says that He's our good shepherd. In Psalm 23, David said, "Lord, you lead us uh, to green pastures. You lead us by still waters." And those seasons of um, rest and encouragement and refreshment are so necessary if you're uh, serving in the ministry so you're just being poured into so you continue to be poured out and so if that's you and you have a heart for that uh, check out ccwlc.org 
Um, we also offer day passes if you could just uh, make one day um, out of the three days that we're um, meeting together. We'd love to have you for any part of that week. So you can find out more information there at ccwlc.org. And thanks again for joining us today. We pray that you're greatly encouraged by our time spent together. We pray that God continues to bless and keep you as you live your life of worship, responding to the grace of God. Thank you.